one guy asked me the other day, what's an offer you can give me that, that I can't refuse? And I said, well, I can't give you one. And he looked shocked. Wait, what? What do you mean? Well, I mean, number one, I don't really need you as a client. So I'm not going to beg you with a guarantee and some special offer. Number two, this needs to come from you. Like, if you want in this, you got to trust me a little. I'm here to help you if you'll let me. But I'm also not going to beg, borrow, and plead to get you in the program because then you're going to ask for a refund down the road. You're probably not going to do the work and then you're going to fail. And guess what? I'm not willing to bet on your failure. So, with that being said, we can move forward if you'll let me. Welcome to another episode of Listeners to Leads, where I'm helping podcasters launch and maintain a lead generating show. I'm your host, Alicia Galati, the CEO and head podcast strategist behind Galati Media, a full service podcast management company. On this show, you'll hear my guests and I discuss everything it takes to launch a successful podcast and keep it running. If you're ready to get leads, land speaking gigs, and create deeper connections with your audience through your podcast, then this is the show for you. Today on the podcast, we have Chandler. You are going to love this conversation if you are looking for more ways to approach your podcast without the gross, sleazy sales tactics. Chandler is going to talk about how he uses his podcast to sell those high ticket services without manipulating, without aggressive tactics and feeling salesy. I mean, guys, we know the buyer is smarter. We're smarter as business owners and we want to sell from heart. And that's what we're talking about today. It is such a great conversation. So please join me in welcoming Chandler to the show. Hello, Chandler. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. I'm very excited to chat with you. If you could start by telling everyone who you are, what you do and about your podcast. Yeah, I'm excited to be here, excited to talk about how you don't have to be manipulative, aggressive, or salesy or sleazy and to make sales. You can actually do it while staying true to your values. And it's such an important, important part of being a business owner, right? And and not approaching sales from a place of aggression, right? Like people are done being yelled at that they need certain things, right? Like they just want to be kind of eased into it. So tell us a little bit about how you use your podcast to sell in a way that feels really good. Yeah, good question. So typically with my podcast, I have a couple of concepts. Number one, it's the what I call the art of the challenging leader. And what that means is I don't open up a podcast just to talk about random fluffy stuff. And I also just don't talk about information because information is a transformation. And so you have to be able to and willing to change the way people think and challenge the way people think, because that's when they remember. And that's when all of a sudden they say, hold on, I haven't heard that before. That's different. That's new. What did you mean by that? Then they start getting more intrigued and you draw people deeper and they keep listening to your podcast and then you get repeat listeners. And so at that point, you've got someone captivated and then you have to remember, okay, what kind of offer? could I put out a lot of people on their podcast, they don't have an offer or they'll have like one like lower ticket thing, they'll have like a mid ticket thing, 17 other things, 42 things in the back that they promote once in a while, seven social profiles, but they never actually get anybody anywhere. So you have to think about the human being, what are they going to do? They're going to do exactly what you tell them to do. But if you tell them to do too many things, they're not going to do anything. Yeah. And that's such an important reminder. I love what you said, that information isn't transformation, right? You really have to challenge the listeners, especially for the audio medium, right? Like thinking about being in someone's ears while they're going about their daily tasks, while they're doing other things. Like you have about 30 minutes of their undivided attention, which I love, especially outside of like 
the scroll and social media and all these places that pull our attention in a million different ways, like you have their attention and not going into fluff and these like five minute quick itty bitty things like really going deep with your listeners and getting them engaged. I love that so much. You mentioned having too many things, having, you know, 50 (laughs) offers in the background. Totally. Yes. I have seen people do this. And where do you think that people should be focusing? for podcast listeners specifically on taking them from that listeners into leads, what should that lead them into? Which kind of offers? Yeah, good question. So when I think about podcast listeners, they're some of the hottest buyers. You have such a insurmountable amount of trust with these people because they've listened to your voice. You're not just some random dude running a Facebook ad while they're watching cat videos that are interrupting them. So in this environment, you have the opportunity to sell a transformational program. And so what I think works really well for podcast listeners is a a higher ticket program, something that's like 3K or higher, or if you're in the health world, 2,500 or higher. I think that puts you in a zone to where you can provide the transformation that you're actually talking about in your podcast with your listeners. Because when you think about selling something lower and say something, someone listens to my podcast, it's the greatest thing ever, they love it. And then they buy my program for $57. And it sucks because there's no support, they don't finish it. I just became another thing that they did that they failed on and it didn't help them. So if I can remove that and put myself in a position to where I can actually focus on their results, their success, I can devote my time to fewer clients, then I can provide the transformation that I talk about on the podcast. And so I think when you're running a podcast, you have to remember the emotional connection that we're creating with our listeners and that that carries forward into what they believe that your offer and your brand is going to do for them. And if you don't, you just gave them another failure and another reason reason not to trust someone. That trust is so important, especially with our listeners. Like you can lose someone so easily. And you're right. Those low ticket offers, just think listeners on the last time that you bought something that was $47. Did you actually complete it? Did you actually take action? Did it create a transformation for you? More likely than not, it's that you did not do any of those things. You didn't take action. You didn't get a result that you were looking for. And you're less likely to continue to follow that person. You're less likely to go that next step and say, hey, maybe the reason that this didn't work is because it wasn't supportive. Let me go into their bigger programs. But you were already tied into that smaller thing, right? So the idea of spending thousands of dollars with this person, it's like, "Eh, I'd rather go somewhere else where someone is really going to give me that support. How do we sell on podcasts and like really talk about the things that people can buy. And I see this so often with people that come to me for strategy. They're like, I want to get more leads. I want to get more listeners. I want them to buy my stuff. And I'm like, when was the last time you talked about what you do? (laughs) When was the last time you actually like shared? So what are some strategies that you recommend people approach the episodes specifically to guide them into that next sell? There's two things that I talk about here. Number one is peppering. So as you're going through your podcast and you're talking like, hey, we're doing this and doing that and think about this and do that. And in my program, we actually do something similar to this where we do that and we change this. I just peppered my program into there. So now they know I have something. And then at the end, you have to have your call to action. So you have at the end, hey, if you're interested in potentially working with me, what you can do is go over to www.letsworktogether.com forward slash call, book a call and we'll chat. We'll see if it makes sense. If it doesn't, that's okay too. No pressure, no stress. And then you just, you consistently have that call to action at the end of your podcast. And in addition to peppering, and then that puts people in the mindset to where they know you have a podcast. You're not really hard selling them. You're not on there saying, hey, buy my thing right now, or the heavens will smite you. You have to buy immediately. It's 
transformational. So if you don't buy in the next 48 hours, the offer will be gone, even though I'm lying to you. So we don't put that kind of stuff out there. We pepper what we do. And then at the end, we put a call to action that leads them to a clean and concise place to where they can get more information and choose to book a call if they'd like. And so for me, it's like, hey, go to this landing page, opt in, watch this free thing that I'm going to give you or look at this free thing that I'm going to give you. And then if you want, book a call. And guess what? A lot of your listeners are going go to, to go to that page 74 different times. And sometimes it takes a lot of different contact points to get them to book in. And then the next thing I think to where you can really sell on a podcast is being a guest on other people's podcasts because you're essentially borrowing their audiences to move it to yours. And then that gives you more listeners, more followers, and more people opting in for your whatever you're giving them, your gift of value. Why don't those hard sells, limited time offers, why don't those work anymore? Because I think back to like 10 years ago in the online space, like that worked really well. Why doesn't that work anymore? Yeah, I think people in today's world are smarter than they've ever been. They're aware of what the sales tactics are. They can smell your commission breath through the Zoom call. And so when they're they're in this environment, they know like, oh, this guy's just a sleazeball. He wants to sell me this thing. He said 48 hours, three weeks later, it's still up. And so at this point, you kind of have to be open with people and you have to be able to tell them like, look, this is what I'm doing. This is where it's at. I recognize that a lot of people are doing the scarcity tactics, but that's not me. And by being open and transparent with people in today's market, they trust you. And that's what we need to do. We need to remove fear, uncertainty, and doubt so we can build the know, like, and trust factor with people. And that's when they'll actually buy your programs and they're not going to ask for a refund because they bought it on a whim. Yeah, that buying on a whim. And you see that too, like where they'll say, oh, this is non-refundable. And that can feel a little scary if you don't know, like, and trust the person yet, right? You might take a few more times to really consider, do I actually want to buy from them? In thinking about people being smarter and like, Like you said, (laughs) they can smell the commission through the Zoom call. I I love that. And I'm going to use it because I'm stealing it. It's mine now. (laughs) Yours. It's It's on a podcast now. (laughs) Yeah, it's mine. (laughs) With that in mind, when you are on other people's shows and you're doing it very well, but how do you recommend, and we've talked about this on the show before, but obviously people need to hear things multiple times from multiple different voices to get it through their head sometimes. So how do you recommend that people approach those conversations with the host, with the audience to actually turn those listeners into your listeners? Yeah. So I think when you're approaching the host, a lot of people go in and they say, hey, my name's Chandler and I'm a top rated podcaster. And here's 70 more fun facts about me that you don't want to read and that you've fallen asleep in my my media sheet that I sent you. You have to go up there and say, hey, look, I think your audience would find value in specific topic that I can help with. And I'd love to share with your audience some way to solve their problems. Another thing you can do is, hey, by the way, I listened to episode 74 and I loved what you said about blank because you talked about this. Because now you're showing an interest in the host and you're showing an interest in how you can provide value to their audience. So that'll get you on the show. Then when you're on the show, you have to have an outline of, of what you're going to talk about. You have It's like speaking on stage. I'm not just going to go up there and be like, yo, what's up, host? So I thought today we might just stutter our words and kind of figure out what we're going to do. It's get on there. And usually I have like three pillars that I want to talk about. Like I already talked about our challenging leader concept and peppering. I have all these concepts that I'm going to bring up on the show that I can use to differentiate myself and create that transformational aspect in their brain to flip that switch. Sometimes we call this the inception concept. I'm going to rewire your brain code to think the way that I want you to think. So that way you'll attach to me being trustworthy and more likely to be someone that you'll buy from. Yeah, but it's not in a sleazy way, right? So you're kind of touching a little bit on NLP. And I don't know if the listeners know this, but I grew up in a cult. 
<laughs> so like the <laughs> idea of NLP sometimes can feel really manipulative to me, right? Because I've I've been in that, grew up in that. How can we approach for someone like me who's like, oh, I don't know if I want to talk to my audience that way, or I don't know if I want to rewire their brain. I don't know that I like, can you talk a little more about that aspect of it for me? Yeah, good question. So I think when you think about this concept, and I grew up in the modicum of cognitive behavior therapy. And so I think NLP took a lot of concepts from CBT, but it's a very manipulative world. And so you have to be careful on the NLP realm, because they're all like, I know witchcraft and wizardry, and I will change your brain with hypnosis. And I'm like, no, you don't. You're literally lying to me about what you're doing, because you're going to do this session with me. And then I'm going to feel all magically transformed. And at the end, it's going to go right back to how it was. And so NLP is incredibly short term. I don't believe that NLP is something that can transform someone's mind or brain or thoughts or whatever long term. You can manipulate someone very well short term. And so this is kind of why I fall into the modicum of, of cognitive behavior therapy, because it's about sustained and consistent interactions that help you spot and recognize triggers that have prevented success. And so mm. when I talk about rewiring the brain code, what we talk about is the concept of level five listening, which is a concept taken from the idea of cognitive behavior therapy. And that's stepping out outside of my own ego, stepping outside of my own wants and needs and desires and recognizing what my market needs and the transformation that I can provide and how I can get them there. Often that's repeated attempts or helping them recognize something they're doing that they didn't even know they were doing that is actually the real problem. So for example, take weight loss. People will come on and say, hey, I want to lose weight. Okay, great. What do you, why do you want to lose weight? Oh, because uh, whatever. I want to look good in a bikini. Oh, me too. Looking good in bikinis, rad. Okay, well, well, why did what, why haven't you been able to be successful? Oh, I've tried 847 diets. I've tried the Hollywood cookie diet, the fish diet, the all meat diet, the vegan diet, the no food diet, nothing works. Okay, great. So then we kind of work back. Well, talk to me a little bit about has this always been a problem? Oh, yeah, ever since I was a kid. Oh, well, what do you mean by that? Well, my parents, they made me eat my whole plate as a kid. Oh, okay, now we know the real problem. It's not diets, it's overeating. And this pattern has manifested mm -hmm. and presented itself long term. So now they recognize that the problem was as a kid, and they've got these triggers that come up when they see a plate, they eat the whole thing. Parents train them to do that. And now that has to be untrained. So that would be the concept of rewiring the brain here. And we have to work on this over time, slowly repeated patterns, repeated attempts to change. And that's what we do in these kind of sales conversations. And in our podcast, we're rewiring the brain to think in a way that challenges their current paradigms and challenges the reason that they're seeing failure. I feel like we need a moment to breathe all that in. <laughs> That was so good. Yeah. <laughs> like I work with someone who I meet with every other week and like we talk about childhood trauma. We talk about those kinds of things and like those trauma responses that each and every one of us have. And, and what you're saying, like it definitely makes sense. I think about and I've shared this story on the podcast before of when I wanted to start a podcast and the fear that I knew was holding me back because this guy that I used to work with said, hey, Alicia, you have a really dumb voice. So then the idea of, oh, I should start a podcast was like, oh, but I have a dumb voice. And it's like, well, that's not my thought. <laughs> it's someone else's <laughs> thought. It's someone else's thing. And not letting that stop me from taking action. So what you're saying is so true. And I love that you gave that example because it really breaks it down for us in a way that is like relatable, right? Which I think is really important when we're giving examples on our show of those transformations is really just sharing those examples of like, hey, this is how we're able to break it down. This is how I can take you from point A to point Z. When it comes to the tactics that I see a lot of times, and I would say even in the health space, 
that it's like, oh, you're going to go from this thing to this thing. And I see this too with like people who come to me for they want to launch a podcast and how soon are they going to see results? And I'm very, very open about here's what those actual results might look like. This is what a podcast, like it's a long-term strategy. It is not that you're just going to start it tomorrow. Thousands of people are going to listen. You're going to get a deal with Spotify and all these great things are going to happen. Like, like it is a long game and you have to show up consistently to your point earlier about that rewiring their brain with that consistent content. Like you're not changing your message in the middle. You are consistently sharing that. So how do you recommend that people do share those stories from a place of, yes, this client got this great result. Also, it is possible for you, but your results are going to be different because your triggers are different. If I talk about like testimonials, like, hey, I was working with X and X client and they did this and they were super successful. And here's why they were successful. They did this and they did this and they did this. And here's why people aren't successful in the same situation because they don't do this, this and this. And so I think when you talk about these testimonials and these results, you can't be like the normal guru talking head who's like, everybody wins in my program. Just give me your money and it's sunshine and gumdrops and you'll be successful too. I swear. No refunds though. Right. So you have to make sure that when you talk about it's like XX, this person's successful. Here's why. Here's the big rocks I want you to take away from as to why this person won. And here's the big rocks as to why this person would have lost. Here's why people lose. Here's why people win. And I think that's important because then they can start to see and position themselves in, oh, I do that. That's why I wouldn't do well. Oh, oh, I do that. That's why I would do well. And then even when I'm on a sales conversation with people, it's like they say, hey, one guy asked me the other day, what's an offer you can give me that that I can't refuse? And I said, well, I can't give you one. And he looked shocked. Wait, what? What do you mean? Well, I mean, number one, I don't really need you as a client, so I'm not going to beg you with a guarantee and some special offer. Mm. Number two, this needs to come from you. Like, if you want in this, you got to trust me a little. I'm here to help you if you'll let me. But I'm also not going to beg, borrow, and plead to get you in the program because then you're going to ask for a refund down the road. You're probably not going to do the work, and then you're going to fail. And guess what? I'm not willing to bet on your failure. So with that being said, we can move forward if you'll let me. And so the idea behind that is challenging them. So I'm not just saying, yeah, here's your here's your unbeatable offer. You get this, you get the kitchen sink, you get a wrench, you get a socket kit, you get the windows installed in your house, plus the program, 87 other add-ons. And uh, how does that sound? No refunds though. So that's the problem I think in the industry. Yeah. And that makes for a better relationship with your clients, right? When you approach it from a place of, look, I don't need you. <laughs> you need what I have. But also, you might not want it right now. You might not be ready for it. And if you're not ready for it, then you're not going to get the results that I can back up and I can help you with. And it's important, I think, especially energetically, to approach our podcast and our content that way in that I don't need my listeners to become thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars of paying clients. I know that I can get them there, but I don't need that because then it allows you to really, like you said, create those transformations, give them those wins because they can sniff it, right? <laughs> they can tell if you're desperate. They can feel that energy and the tone of your voice and the words that you're using. And so I really think that's important. What are your thoughts? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think I have this concept called detaching from the need to sell. And think about it this way. If you meet a new person, say you're on Tinder and you're like, swipe left, swipe right, swipe, swipe. Oh, wow, that one's a, a banger. And then you, you kind of connect with that person. And then all of a sudden, when you connect, you're like, help, hi, I like you, help please respond to me. Please talk to me. What are you doing today? What are you doing tonight? What are you doing tomorrow? Do you want to meet? Then that person's like, oh my God, this person's a weirdo. So same thing in sales. If I get on, what what can I do to get you to buy today? Do you want to buy right now? Can, can, I'll, I'll get you on an 87 payment plan, seven years of payments. It's fine. Whatever. $1 a month, sold. 
that's commission breath because I'm desperate and desperation is something people run away from. In dating, it's funny because you're like, wow, that person's insane and you run away from them. Same thing in sales. That person needs the money so bad they're willing to take a deal that's so low that they're not going to get your results. They just want to collect your money. And so in the concept of detaching from the need to sell, we have to remember that even if you do need the money, even if you have to make that payment because your mortgage is due or something. The more you press the person and the more you have that desperation, the more that commission breath can be smelled through Zoom, the more likely it is that person's going to run away and want to think about it, not want to do it. And that leads you down this dark road of death and despair to where you don't get any sales. And you're like, I'm pressing people so hard and nobody's buying. And when they do buy, they're getting, they're asking for refunds. What is wrong with me? And it's your process. It's your desperation. So you got to detach. Yes. And it's so, so important, especially as business owners. And like, we get it. The economy is whack right now. A lot of things are happening, but you have to consistently show up without that, like detached from that, because otherwise you're not going to get the clients that you want. The clients that you do get are going to be a pain in the butt to work with, especially for us that are like, we put our heart and soul into our business and into the things that we do. Right. And so you're going to have people like, I think about last year, at the beginning of the year, I didn't have my processes in place in a way that would filter out the people who were a little like me, a little too type A. Like, I want you to just hand it to me and let me run with it. Like, let my team run with it. If you're going to want your hands in it too much, not a good fit. And I didn't realize that at that point. And so it had gotten to the point where one of our clients made one of my team members cry. And I was like, yeah, no, you got to go. <laughs> You yeah, got to go. <laughs> and like, okay, it did create a bit of like, whoa, how in the world do I stop these kinds of clients from coming? Like, you don't want to go down that road at all. I promise you, it is stressful. It is not worth the money or the headache at all. So definitely take what Chandler's saying at face value, guys, because this is so important as business owners and as people who are creating consistent content that we are doing it this way. Is there anything else that you feel like we need to talk about in this realm. No, I think the big thing is you just have to be real, transparent, and open with people, and you have to have concepts that are different. If you listen to Gary Vee and you just talk about the same thing Gary Vee's talking about, if you listen to Alex Hermosa and you just talk about the same thing he's talking about, you're just a talking head that's just a little bit, it's, it's like Medusa. We cut the head off and you grew. And now you're another little miniature version of that person. So think about how you can talk about things from your own vantage point because people are going to connect with you based on the things you talk about. You are who you allow. You are who you talk about. And that's the way and the people that are going to come in. So if you want to be this little miniature version of Gary Vee or Hermosi or whatever, you're going to get people who want their stuff, not your stuff. So now you're the second choice. You're a commodity. So remove yourself from the commodity-driven realm and install the idea that you are actually unique and you can actually have a message that's going to connect with the right people. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. Chandler, thank you so much. Where can people find you, listen to your show, hang out with you, all that fun stuff? Yeah. So I used to send people to a landing page and stuff now, but I'm really big on connecting and social. So what I did was I set up a the simple three-step strategy to sell without manipulation, aggressive tactics, or feeling salesy. It's a simple video. It's like 10 minutes long, but it's great. You'll love it. I swear. And I'm not lying because we talked about that. Yes. Just go to Instagram.com forward slash Chandler underscore SAF and DM me the word sales, and I'll send that right over to you. And then you'll be able to go and connect with that. You'll get access to my podcast and everything. You'll get to see my Instagram too. I'm not going to lie. It's pretty exciting. I'm funny. Like the other day I snorted coffee and my little girl's on there with me all the time. We go surfing. You can't miss me. Hawaiian shirt, man bun. It's good time. So connect with me over there. Instagram.com forward slash Chandler underscore SAF. Love it. Thank you so much. This has been so good. Good times. Thanks for having me. 
Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Listeners to Leads. If you found something in this episode valuable, I would really appreciate it if you shared it with a friend who you know would also get value from it. Want to send me a message? My favorite place to hang out is Instagram. You can find me at alicia.galati. Let me know what your favorite takeaway was from the episode. And don't forget, turning those listeners into leads is actually easy.